is Bloomberg Surveillance. Brexit is often perceived as a UK-only event. It's far wider than that. I think the UK will most likely vote to remain within the European Union. Roughly 40 polls out of 200 saying the UK could leave. So it's definitely a risk that the market has had to price in. If you look at the spread between the federal funds rate and the 10-year, it has flattened enormously, even if the federal funds rate were to increase. Bloomberg Surveillance, your link to the world of economics, finance, and investment on Bloomberg Radio. Good morning, everyone. Michael McKee and Tom Keene. This Friday, hope you travel well across America this weekend. Good morning to all of you worldwide as we in America go into a three-day, three-day weekend, uh, I say. Very exciting. Um, I just learned, Mike, I'm not here Monday. I didn't know that. Oh, well. Glad you finally found out because you'd be yes. awfully lonely if you came in here. Yeah, I'm teaching John Farrow this weekend about crepe paper and bicycle wheels and hot dogs. And Ooh, there you go. The, rest of the American well. traditions. Yes. Bloomberg Surveillance uh, brought to you by Cone Resnick. Accounting tax advisory is your business ready to break through. See how the professionals at Cone Resnick can help guide your business forward. Find out more at ConeResnick.com. We need to take a poll, Mike. Who should we speak to? Um, we we should speak to Frank Newport because he is Mr. Poll. He's uh, the uh, editor-in-chief of Gallup, and uh, they are the, the people who, above all, are known for calling people up and asking them what they think. And uh, I know that uh, this uh, 2016 presidential campaign year, they're doing a lot of that. So we wish a good morning to you, Frank. And uh now that I've uh, built you up, let me tear it down a little bit and ask, uh, do we really get a lot of information about, uh, that are, that, that's useful about, um, the presidential campaign this far out from the election? Well, it depends. How's this, uh, mimicking Bill Clinton? What your definition of, uh, useful is, uh, right? Or what your definition of information is. Um, I think that the classic horse race polling, which we're not doing, um, at this phase, doesn't tell you much at all. It's of information and of interest to kind of know where the two candidates stand, but in terms of being predictive, uh, it tells us very little at this stage. But there are other questions and other things that we can divine about the American electorate, which are, I think, quite interesting at this point. For example, what uh, people think about the candidates, their images, how that compares to images previously, and also, importantly, um, issues, what Americans want these people to be looking at and how well they think they would address those issues. Well, the presumptive, uh, I don't want to say presumptive, but the likely maybe Democratic nominee's husband once made famous uh, the phrase, it's the economy stupid. Is it the economy stupid this year? Is uh, is that above uh, everything else as an issue? Yes. How's that for a quick answer, right? <laughs> Uh, yeah, we just we just uh, uh, just have been analyzing the data again. We just ask Americans, um, what is the number one issue, single issue you would want the new president to address when he or she takes office? Uh, we just ask, um, what's the most important problem facing the country? We just said, here's a list of issues for each one. How is important is it for the candidates to be talking about it? And economic issues, the economy comes to the top of any of those ways that we have of looking at it at this point. And that includes a lot of ways of looking at the economy. A lot of Americans simply say the economy and answer to those open-ended questions. Others say jobs. Others say being able to make mm-hmm. a living wage. Uh, but there's no question if, if we're talking to right. both uh, Clinton and Trump, we would say uh, it's the economy stupid again this year. What frustrates you the most about polling in May of 2016? 
Oh, that's a great question. I've been doing this for many, many years, um, so how would I answer? I think one of the things that uh, I've written about and consistently is disturbing about polling is the fact that people will put single questions out and assume this represents truth on the part of the American public. For example, recently CNN did a poll on uh, the transgender issue. Uh, worded in a particular way, and that was out there, and people said, oh, Americans are opposed to rules which would uh, control uh, which bathroom transgender individuals could use. And yet when the New York Times poll came out and ours came out and others came out where we had asked it in a different way, we found a different result. So it's kind of like medical research, uh, as we've talked about before. You have to look at the totality of research and not just rely on any one question to try to summarize the American public. Uh, the second thing that frustrates me is when critics come along and they kind of cavalierly say, oh, polls don't uh, do a good job of representing the public because they don't call cell phones. Totally wrong. And I think that's too much too uh, facile. That frustrates me when I hear those kind of things. Uh, well, how do you answer that uh, issue about the cell phones? Oh, well, we call uh, 60% of all of our interviews with cell phones, soon going to be even higher than that. So uh, pollsters are well aware of the fact that um, you know, almost half of Americans don't have landlines anymore, and we take that into account, and we're constantly adjusting uh, how we do interviewing and take that into account. Uh, is it harder, though, because young, pe- young people, the majority whose only phone is a cell phone, are they less likely to pick up when you, uh, Frank Newport's on the other end of the line? Well, of course, if they knew it was me, they wouldn't be. But uh, <laughs> Well, yes, there are troubles um, with um, any kind of methodology. You know, George Gallup uh, used to go around and knock on people's doors, and a lot of people wouldn't answer the, the door and, and let an interview with the clipboard come sit in the living room for 30 minutes, which he used to do, his people used to do. So there are always issues and challenges. Um, we have a lot of people who don't pick up landlines now because they, mm-hmm. they say nobody calls me in a landline. So those are challenges. We're... Uh, continuing and other firms to look at other ways of getting hold of people and talking to them. Uh, but right now we think we still can do a pretty good job, even with the challenges, uh, getting a representative yeah. sample by cell phones and landlines. What have you polled about after Sanders? If we assume there's an after Bernie Sanders, what does your polling tell you? Well, um, we've asked in the past um, Sanders people whether they would vote for Hillary, and the majority said they would. And whether they say they would or not now is not a as valid as we might think, because uh, as Hillary Clinton has been saying on the campaign trail, uh, a lot of her people back in 08 said they would never vote for Obama. And I think most of them ended up doing it when he got the nomination. So I think that uh, Sanders people will come around. Her challenge, her campaign's challenge is turnout. Uh, young people would, if they vote, will probably vote for, proportionately, there tend to be Democrats, of course, but whether they're incited to turn out will be the real challenge for, for uh, Secretary Clinton. Now, obviously, uh, yours and others' polls have shown that uh, neither candidate is particularly well-liked. Uh, which direction are those numbers moving, or are they, because we know them so well, fixed? No, they're not fixed. Uh, look at Hillary Clinton's image. If you do a graph of it back to 92, it's been up and down like a roller coaster. So we have clear history that her image can change. Very positive when she was Secretary of State, very positive when she was Senator from the state of New York, very positive when her husband was being impeached in 98, 99, but very negative, say, back in 08 yeah. when she was running. So things can change. Uh, Donald Trump's image is becoming a little more positive now that he's consolidated the nomination on the part of the Republican Party, but uh, we have evidence from another BB. 
how's that, billionaire businessman, Ross Perot, back in 1992, that his image could change dramatically, that his Trump's uh, at the convention, yeah. let's say, or some other times. But you bring up an important point. Do we know too much about Secretary Clinton? Does she have too much polling or analysis, as you say it? Do we, do we, do we strive for candidates that actually we know little about? Well, not necessarily so. Uh, you know, that's an interesting question. Do we want a new face or an old face? Uh, which I don't have a, a direct answer to if that's what you're asking. Um, I think uh, in a broader sense at this point yeah. Americans are – many Americans are attracted to Trump because he is not necessarily new. By the way, we found we were polling about Trump in 2011, so he's been on the political scene a little longer than people think he has been rumbling about yeah. running. But, uh, I think yeah. people are looking for somebody who can, who can uh, change the process of how government right. works. What does your polling say – about the minimum wage is an economic topic. Have you, oh, have you looked at that? Uh, absolutely. We've been looking at that for decades. Overwhelmingly favor. Whatever we've asked it over the years, however we ask it over the years, uh, the significant majority of Americans say yes. Americans say yes most recently to raising it to $15 by 2020. Yes, uh, the significant majority say. And uh, uh, Is there any dollar figure attached or just the idea of a higher wage? Well, we've asked it over the years with dollar figures and without, but as I just mentioned, we did specifically say most recently, do you favor, oppose, agree, or disagree with the idea of raising the minimum wage to $15 by the year 2020, which is a standards proposal, and uh, we got a significant majority who say yes, they favor that. Let's come back. With Frank Newport, he's the uh, editor in chief of Gallup. Uh, so many, so many questions to ask a man who answer asks questions for a living. Yeah, it's amazing the changes. I still have trouble, Mike, with a completely narcissistic idea. No one's ever called me. I, that, it's, you're touching on a question I want to ask. Yeah, I, we got. I, I want to go back to the polling types and also off of Fred Manju's uh, really interesting article in the New York Times earlier this week about what Frank thinks about polling millennials, which is a stereotype of the moment, but yeah. nevertheless important as we try to go plus or minus three or four percent forward uh, to November. Frank Newport uh, with Gallup, thrilled to have him with us. Uh, this hour, uh, the, the markets, it's not like jobs day quiet before jobs day or fed day quiet. Of course, fed day, June 15th, but there's a churn to the market this morning. Brent 4901 a barrel this morning. Let's check in with Michael Barr and get the latest world and national headlines. Michael. Mike, Tom, thank you very much. A beacon has been detected in the search for the Egypt airplane that crashed last week with 66 people on board. The beacon helps narrow the search to a three-mile radius in the Mediterranean. Meanwhile, a French vessel has joined the search. It has equipment that can find the all-important flight data and cockpit voice recorders. President Barack Obama visited the Hiroshima Peace Memorial Park in Japan today and paid tribute to the 140,000 people killed when the U.S. dropped an atomic bomb August 6, 1945. President Obama said death fell from the sky and the world was changed. A New York City man has been sentenced to six years in prison for calling 911 more than 50 times to report fake emergencies. Global News, 24 hours a day, powered by our 2,400 journalists and more than 150 news bureaus around the world. Now, Michael Barr. Mike, Tom. Michael, thanks so much. Yeah, and 109.66, a little bit of strength over the last few days. 
As Michael McKee mentioned, dollar strength at 95.3 on DXY. With Frank Newport of Gallup, Bloomberg Surveillance. The news update brought to you by Sector Spider ETFs. Why buy a single stock when you can invest in the entire sector? Visit SectorSPDRS.com or call 1-866-SECTOR-ETF. Global business news 24 hours a day at Bloomberg.com, the Radio Plus mobile app. And on your radio, this is a Bloomberg Business Flash. And I'm Karen Moscow. U.S. stock index futures remain little change too higher. And we go to the first word breaking news desk for today's morning call. Here's Bill Maloney. Good morning, Bill. Good morning, Karen. That's right. U.S. futures remain quiet today. Dow futures currently higher by 14 points. SBs gain two. And NASDAQ futures rise by seven. The U.S. 10 yield at 1.82%. On the U.S. economic front at 8.30, GDP estimate 0.9%. At 10 o'clock, Michigan sentiment. And at 115, Yellen speaks in Cambridge. After the bell last night, Decker's year view trailed estimates. Palo Alto Network's Q4 revenue view midpoint also trailed estimates. Shares are down 11% pre-market. And Ulta Salon boosted year EPS growth and comp sales views. Regarding earnings this morning, Big Lots raised year adjusted EPS views. And a deal knows Thermo Fisher Scientific to buy FEI company for 107.50 a share in cash. Terex ended Chinese suitor talks. Proceeds with Cone Crane's deal. And the Wall Street Journal reported Valent rejected a takeover bid from Takeda and TPG. In other news, Lending Club set in talks with Citigroup for loan financing. Finally, some of your Wall Street upgrades and downgrades. Decker's cut to neutral versus buy over at Citigroup. At Deutsche Bank, Trina Solar and Palo Alto Networks cut to hold. Sanderson Farms downgraded to neutral at J.P. Morgan. And Nice Systems cut to neutral over at UBS. Live from the first of breaking news desk, I'm Bill Maloney. Karen? All right, thanks, Bill. To hear live breaking news over your Bloomberg, type Squawk Go on your terminal. That's S-Q-U-A-W-K Go. That's a Bloomberg Business Flash. Tom and Mike. Karen, uh, thanks so much. Bloomberg Surveillance brought to you by Invesco. Do the day's headlines have you searching for more investment views? Invesco's experts, they can help find the latest thought leadership at the Invesco blog. Visit Invesco.com slash U.S. To subscribe. We're with Frank Newport of Gallup, uh, really fleshing out some of the polling dynamics that we see. Always interesting. Frank, um, one of the moments this week was Greg Vallier's, uh, sharp research note over at Horizon on Mr. Trump talking to the governor of New Mexico in a more challenging way is Mr. Trump figures out how to speak to Hispanics slash Latinos slash this slash that. What does your polling say about the dynamics of Latino America? Uh, well, there's no question about it. They are negative on Trump. Uh, after he made that statement in New Mexico, we looked at our bigger samples of his image among female Hispanics and found it was a 9% favorable image overall, wow. one of the worst of any group we have in America. So he certainly, uh, when he's talking to a female Hispanic governor or about a uh, female Hispanic governor, it has a group there that she represents, which at this point are extremely negative about Trump. In fact, most most, uh, most groups who don't identify their race or ethnicity as white or non-Hispanic are um, very negative about Trump. His uh, main constituency of those who like him are white. If you say to our interviewers, I'm Hispanic or I'm black or I'm Asian, something else, very negative about Trump. How firm 
uh, are Trump and uh, Clinton's uh, support right now. Uh, you know, we we get such angry letters from people when uh, they believe we're criticizing one or the other. Have they really hardened their support, or are there persuadables out there? Oh, they're clearly persuadables. Uh, you know, the fact of the matter is, for most contemporary presidential elections, the majority of votes are already locked in based on partisanship. In other words, a significant percent of Americans identify as Republicans are going to vote that way, and the same thing for Democrats. So it's a relatively small group of Americans taken as a whole who could actually uh, swing one way or the other. That's where a lot of political consultants you might interview will say our real challenge is getting people to turn out, not to change their mind. But there's still a group in the middle, uh, a smaller group, who who genuinely could go either way. Well, then that raises the question of when you're out there polling, what are you actually finding out? Uh, If if people are, you know, already, if the majority of people are already kind of locked in, um, what do we learn from, you know, a, a subsequent poll? Well, that's a good question, and that's why we say, again, we're focusing more here at Gallup on what I think is fundamentally important is what do the people want these candidates to do, regardless of who's elected. Uh, But that's why we said earlier when we were talking here, horse race polls at this point don't tell us a lot because uh, the election, uh, A, is fairly locked in when we get closer to uh, November, regardless of what people might say right now. I want to go where uh, Tom mentioned earlier, and that is, uh, you know, how many, how, how many how many people say, uh, you know, I've heard of Gallup, but they never call me. In any one place, say New York City, uh, how many people do you call? How likely is it that anyone is ever going to hear from you? Well, we do a lot of interviewing, but keep in mind a typical poll uh, is a thousand people. Uh, we actually do more interviewing than that, but just take a thousand, and we're talking about 18 plus adult Americans, of which there are well over 200 million in this country, adult uh, 18 plus Americans. So do the math, and you can see for any one poll, your chance of being included or is, is extremely small. As it happens, we interview a lot of people, so your chances of being interviewed at Gallup over a several-year period are actually not insignificant. But that's the whole science behind polling is that if you take the sample right, just like um, a doctor who takes your blood sample to project the cholesterol in your entire body, you can take this small sample and project to the entire population. Frank, very quickly uh, here, I saw a millennial ad. I won't mention who the ad was, and it was laughable how calculating it was about whatever a millennial wants. When you poll millennials, what do you see, what do you observe? Well, uh, that's a huge group, kind of like saying polling the baby boomers. Agreed. You know, it's a huge group, and they're very diverse, so it's hard to characterize them. But taken as a total group, A, they're not involved in the political process, regardless of what we might think. They're much less likely to vote than older people, and that will be true in the fall. And B, when they do vote, they skew Democratic. Uh, They claim to be independents, but when push comes to shove, relatively few uh, are Republican. Very good. Frank uh, Newport, thank you so much with the Gallup poll uh, as well. Mike, images of the president uh, being greeted uh, and uh, said goodbye to by Ambassador Kennedy in uh, Japan, uh, the president of Air Force One through Anchorage, uh, back to Andrews Air Force Base, I believe 10 p.m.-ish Eastern time tonight. Long flight. Long, Long flight. flight. You and I have done it in uh, – uh, you know, they're going to stop at Anchorage, which I, I guess to refuel. Yeah. But that surprised yeah. me because I know that Air Force One can make it. 
guess they decided. There it is. But, but uh, the trip, whatever anyone thinks, the most interesting trip was Senator uh, Secretary of State Kerry in Vietnam and the president today at Hiroshima. From New York, worldwide, Bloomberg Surveillance. Coming up, the With All Due Respect highlight brought to you by Land Rover. If it's in your nature to cast off the everyday and seek adventure, the Discovery Sport was built to help your search. Visit LandRoverTriState.com or call 1-800-FIND-4WD for details. Land Rover, above and beyond.